What's up, guys? It's Waz and CJ here. Welcome back to the Embrace the Chase podcast, episode two, where the chase is an opportunity every day to create, change, and go after a dream. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, oh there we go. This is all right. We've been in shambles for the past 30 minutes. Yeah. So, welcome to episode two. Vanessa Hutchins is engaged. That just makes me sad that you just told me that right now. Every 2000s kid, boy, is crying. I'm sad. <laughs> Maybe girls too. Like, I don't know. It, I'm crying on the inside. I'm dying. I think that was every, every guy's first crush in elementary school. No, it was. Because I just said in my interview questions to the team that Zach Efron would play me in a movie. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but Gavin kind of put the wrong photo. That I was thinking. Were you going more like beach? No, 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 not beach bod. Okay. I right. was mostly going for East High Wildcats. Okay. Long flow, beaver cut, yeah. get your head in the game. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said he could play every role. He can. He can. So, for those of you that don't know, our pitching staff, um, we are doing these things where once a week in our team meetings, um, we have these questionnaires that we filled out and we have to go up and our coach like reads through them. One of the questions is who would play you in a movie? So, oh geez. He was Zach Efron. I haven't gone yet. So mine will remain unnamed, but who knows? Maybe next week when this podcast comes out, I will have gone and then I'll just look stupid yeah. for not saying it, but who knows? So the question for you guys to think about this week is who would play you in a movie? Yeah. Let us know in the comments, which we have fixed finally. Last yes. week, we were a kid's YouTube account on accident. And you I mean, this, this episode's still for kids, but... Yes, yeah, you know kid-friendly. It's, it's G. Nothing's really a G anymore, man. No, you it's really not. Like, when we were growing up, like, everything was G for kids. But now PG's the standard. I'm good at this. I mean, G is, what, not even... Disney it's channel. Even, yeah. It's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and... Blues Clues. Good shows. Quality. Hello, Tubbies. <laughs> we need to get on track here. Um, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Welcome back to episode two. Um, so when this podcast comes out on Wednesday, mm -hmm. it'll be the 15th of February, which means two days away from opening day. Yeah. Three days it. from start day for you. Yeah. Start of the 2023 college baseball season. Yeah. Crazy. It's here. Yeah, just think about it. We were trying to wake up for a 6 a.m. lift in August. And now we're. Well, some of us were trying. So hey, that's on me. Others were struggling. One, one but... time. You know who you are if you were struggling. Ouch. Mm. Just said that. Oh, well. Yeah, those, those morning lifts were brutal. I was terrified. I'd wake up in the middle of the night freaking out. If, if you're a student athlete or any athlete and you have to be up for a team lift in the morning, it, it's, it can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. Even if, like, even if you love lifting, which I think most of us do, if you don't, like, that stinks. But um, <laughs> it, it can be, it can be kind of brutal and scary. Yeah, you know, there's like panic attacks in the middle of the night where, like, you jump up thinking your your alarm hasn't gone off and you've overslept. <laughs> One of the worst possible feelings ever. I still do that. Yeah, dude. I'm a, I'm a senior in college and. Had morning lift for the past three years, and I've I still do it. 
I mean, speaking from experience, once you miss one time, that oh, kind of sucked. It happens to you every night without you even thinking about it. Yeah. Even on the weekend. That's mm. yeah, not good tough. for the sleep pattern, that's for sure. No, it's not good for the program either. All you whoop boys out there that tracking your sleep. Yeah, I'm you waking up for trying thinking of you might miss lift. It's gonna affect that recovery. <laughs> Sucks. No, but speaking of two days from now, not two days from now. Damn, I did it again. <laughs> we had this whole conversation we like, just literally 10 minutes ago about how um, we can't figure out how to word this podcast because like, we're filming on Thursday. What is today? The 9th? The 9th. And it, it won't come out until the 15th. 15th. And so and when it comes out. Today is the 15th. Yeah. When, we're, when you're hearing this. Yes. We've been on this way too much. Like our, It kind of goes to show like where our minds are all the yeah. time. I'm in like, shambles right now. Yeah. Like. Mental, I can't say it. Like, my mental capacity is yes, just not there right now. Yeah. Um, but we got it. It's going to be okay. When this comes out, it's the 15th. Two days, it's the 17th. Yes. And I am really, really excited. I've been itching for this to come for a while. Like, this season, I think we've all been waiting for. Mm hmm. Regarding offensively, staff-wise, coaching staff-wise, schedule-wise, travel-wise, yeah, opportunity-wise, I think it's just all there. I think I think and one... and but okay, I want to I want to explain this real quick. Um, I told someone the other day that in my eyes we already won, like the national championship. Mm-hmm. And they go, how, why? And I just said, well, that just should be the mindset. We just have to execute it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I like that. Like, I'm not saying we already like won, you know. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying, like, but you should be picturing yourself yeah. there, and like, all right, what do I have to do every single day to work up to that? Like, I feel like the first thought you wake up with should be five letters: O M A H A. Omaha. I'm surprised you got that first try. <laughs> Me too. That was good, that dude. Was... All right. Spelling bee yep. champ right here. Yep. Fifth but grade, I'm excited. I, I, I did horrible in the spelling bee. That was that was one of my biggest I did pretty good in the spelling bee. I failed the math bee. I don't even want to know what that is. Six by six equals thirty six and I failed to get that. The fact that you said six by six too. <laughs> it's been a long week. But no, I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, for game one. Yeah, I think hopefully the, the thing fans about, will be there. Oh yeah, I think they will be. I think the thing about opening day is there's so much anticipation. That's like the mm -hmm. one word is what you talked about is the all the thoughts about all right, what's traveling going to be like? Mm -hmm. We go to some cool states. Like I've never been to Cali, Louisiana, Louisiana, Arizona. I've never been to those places. Like for me, like that's on my mind. You got all right, well, we play this team here in the year. We play this team here. Like, we go to Virginia. Um, we'll be going to Cal Bab. Like, we go to like, Duke. We go to UNC, too. Yeah, and it's like, oh, man, like, I can't wait. And then you also have the expectations of, like, your own stats. It's like, all right, like, I've been working so hard mm -hmm. on this. Like, it's time to see it. I've been playing really well in the scrimmages, or I haven't been playing well in the scrimmages. I like, figure it's time it out. to flip the script. 
Yeah. Because, like, like that's kind of how I've been men- mm-hmm. mentally in the scrimmage. Is like I've been struggling a little bit, but I've been facing the same guys over and over again. And it's like, all right, man, like this weekend, we got the last weekend before. <laughs> flip the script, clean it. Let's roll, man. Like, let's get ready. And there, that anticipa- anticipation of opening day is one of the greatest things ever. Like, you won't feel that the rest of the year until the playoffs. No, you won't because it's just a grind every day. And it's, I mean, it's not boring. But it gets boring. You can get monotonous, but like, yeah, and you have to, and you have to figure out how to wake up every day Mm -hmm. and find like why, like, you go to the field, why you're waking up, like, why you're here. Yeah. And I feel like that's just the biggest piece in the season is just figuring that out. Yeah, I love – I think that – Especially as a team. Yes. And one of, the, one of the biggest things is with how monotonous the practices and everything get, mm-hmm. especially at this time between winter break and the season, is, man, like, if you really love it, like, if you love the game, you, not even if you're good at the game, if you mm-hmm. truly love the game, like, you love that, though. Like, you love the reps over and mm-hmm. over again. You love coming to the ballpark every day and be like, all right, I'm like, well, work on this. Let's see what this is doing today. Like, let me learn something here. Mm-hmm. Um because, I mean, that's what it is. And, like, don't, not even, like, college ball to pro ball. Like, pro ball is even more of the monotony. Like, you're showing up every single day for hours and hours and hours. You're just playing mm-hmm. every day and traveling like crazy. Like, college, we get a little bit of luxury. Like, oh, you have an off days here. You have, like, days between games where you can kind of, mm-hmm. like, practice and do enough. It's just different. But is an off day really an off day? Depends on the guy. Like I, I, we were kind of discussing this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Miles, our pitching coach here, was telling us like, "Hey, like, take your off days, like, mm-hmm. use them because like those are big separate separators, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of the year." And I think younger me mm-hmm. um, didn't really utilize the off mm-hmm. days in the right way. I think I was like, "More is more, not less can be more," and actually, more isn't more. And like, I think Gavin Wayman. He said, said, he said time, the other day, more is more. Better is better, better is more better. is more. Like, there is a difference. Like, it, just because you're doing more work doesn't mean you're better. actually getting better or doing the right thing. And I think younger me was just like, more. Like, the more swings I take every single day, the more times I throw, like, it'll get better. When in reality, is like sometimes your body just needs to be taken care of. Sometimes like we talk about with pitchers, like, you have to move efficiently. Mm-hmm. Well, if your body and like, your um your tissues like if soft tissues if stuff isn't like functioning efficiently like mm-hmm. you're not going to perform as well but if you have those off days and you're a guy that needs rest and needs recovery and there's like hydration um nutrition like cupping whatever it is like you take those days and utilize them they stack up throughout the year because mm-hmm. i mean the games stack up too where, where some guys, they need that. If you're not pitching a whole lot, if you're not hitting a whole lot, like if you're not doing this or that, you need those days to continue working. Like maybe you're a guy that's really hot at the plate and you want to see some machine balls because you're feeling it, you mm-hmm. know? But you have to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Even if you're 17 for 17 at the plate. That would be a nice weekend. It would that's be. probably national But I feel like league. you would think. But some writers are biased. Unless you don't have bombs. You don't have bombs. You, no. They're all, if, all right. Pull. Pull. Put another comment section. Yep. If you go 17 for 17 with all singles, 
Will you be National Player of the Week? It depends. I didn't think it depends on the league. Depends on the league. Depends on... I mean, you're batting 1,000 on the weekend. It's pretty freaking good. And 17 at-bats means you're outscoring every team by 10 rounds. Yeah. Fair. But are your singles just regular singles? Mm-hmm. Or are they or run have, producing or, or you are have, you scoring runs? Or do you have 17 RBS? Yeah. Man, can you imagine starting the year 17 for 17? You know, your average really wouldn't go down. Unless you you, be, you put yourself in a great position. No, you did. You, I mean, you're, hit three, you're hitting 1,000. You're hitting 300 at the end of the season no matter what. Yeah. I think you if you're a good enough hitter to be going 17 for 17 a weekend, like you're 300 anyway. Man, that's more hits I got in a high school season. I'm kidding. We're going to leave that part out because that's... Hey, it was COVID season. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'll give um, you that. But uh, speaking about the physical part of the season, there's also the other part of the season that nobody really talks about, like as a whole, and that nobody like really focuses on other than maybe like... Like, not really anybody. Like, people talk about it, but they really don't, like, talk about it, talk about it. And that's just, like, the mental health aspect. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a stigma behind it. No, there really is, especially with student-athletes and stuff like that. Like, even with, like, non-student-athletes, like, it's still there. And I'm not, like, trying to separate the two. But, I mean, sometimes you have to. It's a different lifestyle. It's a different lifestyle. Like, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes or try to at least, but like with athletes, I mean, the outsiders don't really know what goes on. Yeah. Like very different pressures. I don't really even realities. I don't even really think parents think knows what, know what goes on behind the scenes other than like, if you talk to them about it, but even if you do talk to them about it, they still don't know everything. I don't think they ever will. Like no offense to those to, to parents yeah no, but no, that's no. just i feel like that's just how it is i mean um, even like athlete non-athlete there's like struggles that we all deal with that mm-hmm. we're not going to tell our parents there's You're just struggles not talk that about. like that other people just can't necessarily relate to like, no. i think student athletes are honestly a pretty small knit community in college mm-hmm. without even realizing like it doesn't matter to school but like mm-hmm. across the country i think it's kind of like you learn about a student athlete you meet someone you kind of know something about them already yeah, without even like meeting them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where it needs to be focused on more because most student athletes don't have the courage to speak up about it. I mean, the statistics, I mean, are right there in front of you if you actually read them. Um, I mean, tough topic to talk about, but like some, like you see athletes. Stanford goalie, top of the world, number one goal in the country, ranked team, mm-hmm. and she's just taking on like all that stress and all that anxiety by herself, and then ends her own life, and then leaves everybody with questions. Yeah. Same with uh, Ryan Helinski. Oh yeah. Ryan Helinski's brother, Tyler, Washington State. I feel like that was a, more of a, that was one of the like first ones. Like, that was the first national scene. Like that was the first national one talked about. Um, I mean, Ryan went to school down the street from me, so it was kind of like in our area, 
like kind of prevalent um but like it was just like there was just no answers mm -hmm. to why like he ended it like yeah i kind of want to know like before we go on with this i kind of want to know throughout the season like how like you channel that and how you like go th like navigate like your own like mental health like like what do you do to stay like centered yeah i and you know what is i think it's a topic that everyone can relate to in one way or fashion student athlete not student athlete mm -hmm. doesn't really matter i think everyone can relate to this and it's a um, hard topic to talk about but i feel tough. like it needs to be exposed yeah and I think we all deal with it different ways. We all have our own insecurities, biases, um, things that are hurting us, mm -hmm. like things that we run to. Uh, and I, a perfect example for me and like my personal experience mm -hmm. is my freshman year at State. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up an NC State fan. It's the only place I ever wanted to go when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And I get there and I was hurt. And like, first off, the pressure is within your own like what your own pressures you put on yourself are there. Mm -hmm. The pressures that the program puts on you, not necessarily mm -hmm. state, but just like any program, like wherever team you're at. Um, and then let alone the outside pressures, family, friends, student body, the school, um, the media, like at big time schools. These are real factors and they all just compile on one another. Um, but anyway, going back to my freshman year, um, like the expectations I put on myself and the stresses I had with being hurt, uh, rehabbing, all these different things, making new friends in a new environment, college mm -hmm. for the first time. Because, uh, like, let alone that, like, you're adjusting to a new life, mm -hmm. um, completely out of the realm of reality that you've mm -hmm. ever had. Um, but I had so much anxiety and I was so depressed and, like, didn't know what that was. Like I, I would consider myself a pretty like joyful person. Yeah. Um, I think like happiness isn't the right word because like happiness is pretty fleeting, but like joy is something that like you can't choose day to day. Like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like things may not be going my way, but like, like I'm a find the beauty in it. And like, so like, I'd say I'm a pretty joyful person overall, mm -hmm. but man, that freshman year was tough. Mm -hmm. Like I remember the perfect example is I went and uh, I got a cat when I got back before the season. I got a cat and wasn't allowed in my apartment, but like, whatever. It was a cute little kitten, named him Rambo. So sweet. I was like a little dad. I was taking pictures of him, so whatever. Um, but like, it was kind of a joke. Like, oh man, like, I want a cat. Like, I got it and like, it'll be fun. Like, the reality was, is like, I felt so alone and so mm -hmm. like lost that. For, like that was just what I was like. I needed something that was going to comfort me. And it seems really, really dumb, but it shouldn't be. It's not like dumb. that was the reality. The reality was is like I felt so alone and scared and vulnerable that like I went and got a cat. And I got a cat, and he actually did help. Like he was a cool cat. You still have, but no, I had to give him away because then COVID hit and it was a mess. But I remember the first day after I got him. I was, I left class. I had a philosophy class at 8 a.m. And I come back. I didn't have anything until practice at noon. Um, so I came back to my apartment and I remember calling Gracie 
And I was sitting on the stairwell of my apartment, like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I was telling her, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't know why I got this freaking cat. Like, this was so stupid of me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I can't take care of it. I can't even take care of it my, like myself. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, I, I was, all my class, I was looking at places I could drop this cat off at. I had just gotten it the day before. Um, but she kind of walked me through it and she was like, calm me down. Um, but I think that was kind of the reality. Re- reality hit for me. It was like, it's not the cat at all. Like Jeez. the cat's not the problem. Nothing's the problem. Like I did. Like the cat was like the tip. Like is the what put me over. Like the the cat was the realization that like, oh my gosh, I actually am depressed. I actually like anxiety is a real thing, and that's okay. But I need to get help. And like I like, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm struggling, and I think. When I broke down, I finally was like, all right, it's okay to recognize what's going on right now. Like, it's okay for me to be vulnerable and allow myself to feel these things. I think for so long, especially with guys, we can't be vulnerable. Like, we're so scared of being vulnerable with each other and with people that we build up these walls and we, like, kind of contain all of our feelings until it just overflows into a situation like that. Where, luckily, I could just call up my girlfriend. And she's super sweet and, like, could talk with me and, like, could be very open and honest. But, like, if I didn't have that or, I mean, I was two months deeper into the hole I was in, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no telling. And which is super, super sad to think about where I was and other people and where they're at and people that have it so much worse than I do. Like, I, I think I was fortunate to where I had a lot of really good friends and a lot of people who cared deeply about me. My sister was in the city. So like I started going and seeing her a lot. Um, but not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Like in your case, you're across the country. Mm-hmm. Like if I, I got to see my sister and my girlfriend, but like you don't have those connections here. Um, so I, it was a big, big moment of kind of just opening up and realizing I'm not okay. And that's okay. That makes sense. Yeah, being not okay is okay. It's a cliche statement, but it's probably one of the most important ones to understand. Um, so when you said you went and got help other than your sister and stuff like that, what'd you do? Like, where'd you go? Who'd you go to? Well, for me, all you needed, sometimes you just need someone to listen. I, I think I got very lucky with COVID hit. Then you got to go back home. Yes. And I got to go back home and be with my family. And we went to the beach a ton. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I've always found peace and rest in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think for me, going to the beach and being on the boat and like fishing and um, just being outdoors a ton. Because when COVID hit, like everybody was outdoors, man. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Um, But I think being able to do that really just calmed me down and settled me. Uh, But also... I mean, you know, like my faith is a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at that point I turned to God and I was just like, man, like I am broken and you can have it all because um, I think I realized that it was bigger than me. Like I was facing a problem that I could not handle on my own. And for a lot of my life in high school, like I never really had that like anxiety, depression, like pushback. Mm-hmm. Like, I was always the happy kid walking around school, joking around, like, 
I was the big man on campus, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I get there and like all this stuff starts piling on me and I had no clue what to do. And you go from here to here. Yeah. And I think that like, that, like spiritually, physically, mentally, unreal. like mm -hmm. socially. Yeah. It's just boom. Yeah. And then you just need to figure out a way to climb. 100%. Dude. And I, I think even in my life right now, I kind of got hit with some stuff last fall and like, kind of was back into that okay. depressed state and i eventually i just like broke down i was like all right god like it you worked for me last time like you've been there by oh, my yeah, side all the way like i give it to you man because mm -hmm. this is way too big for me to control mm -hmm. i get that like not everybody's like that not everybody um like religion is not their thing or whatnot but like for me and i would love for everybody to experience it like jesus man like he makes a difference mm -hmm. And um, if you ever want to talk about it, I'd love to. Because, like, the difference in my life has been unreal. Um, that's not your thing. That's cool. We don't even have to talk directly about Jesus. But, like, I'd love to share what I've learned. Um, but I think that everybody's on their own journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that some people need to seek, like, medical help. They need to seek therapists and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I was in a position where, hey, like, I'm at a point where just turn to God mm -hmm. and like give it all to him, lay it at his feet. And I always think that's the best thing to do. But um, it also makes a big difference being surrounded by mm -hmm. people that can love on you and feel like like they're there for a purpose for you. I feel like that's what everybody needs mm -hmm. is a, just people. But like not, you know what I mean? Not, like not just any people, but like people that like care about you, people that are willing to listen. It doesn't even have to be like, like your family or your friends. Like it could just be someone random on a, any given day. Yeah, that just sits like sits somewhere and just listens. Listens. Yeah, like that. Honestly, that's like I've learned to do that over the like my course in college is just like we had like I had an incident, and it wasn't about me. I had an incident about one of my friends on campus he's actually on our team but i'm not going to name names mm -hmm. um sitting alone and i was just like i kind of sensed you know like i've been in that situation before and i i don't even know what it was like what it, what what's on his mind or what could be until i was like i'm gonna go sit down and be like hey like What's up, man? Yeah. And like, I just listened. And then a week later, he goes, dude, that like, like, thank you. Like, that, like, no one's ever just sat there and like, listen, like, I didn't even give my input. Yeah. Until he asked me to. And like, that kind of like, I feel like I kind of, based on my experiences, I felt that like that was, a big step yeah and like realizing that um but no just like you freshman year of college but going back like depression and stuff and mental health stuff like hit me in middle school for reasons that don't need to be talked about um and then high school kind of hit high school is high school kind of went away i mean but it never goes away it just was kind of just like 
We just pushed down. It was just kind of pushed away because, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really focused on because I was at school every day. I was around friends. I was, and then once I got to being alone again, like in Kansas, not knowing anybody. Yeah. Um, I kind of was fine. I was like kind of homesick. And then it kind of just spiraled from there. Cause in, I'm going to talk about this later, but in November, um, one of my best friends and high school teammates took his own life, which like we talked every day about it and I knew he was struggling. Um, but like not being able to do anything about it because I wasn't there. Yeah. Was just like, like that kind of broke me. And then like the school was so like on top of it. Like once I told the co- my coach about it, like I went home for the funeral, but once I got back, like the the athletic department was like, I don't know what you need. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know how you're feeling, but can you come in one day and talk to somebody just so that we know you're okay? Yeah. And like for that whole time, because it was COVID, it was that COVID that weird COVID like long break of when we went home for Thanksgiving, you know what I'm talking about? We went home for Thanksgiving and never like went, didn't go back until January because they didn't want us back on campus. So I didn't get to, I didn't really grieve, like go through the process because I just went home Mm -hmm. and then had to get ready for the season. So I kind of just was just like in shock, but I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, I mean, I was with my family, but like, Just push that to the side. But when I got back, like talking to somebody, shout out Zach, kind of saved my life in a way. Um, I met with him once or twice a week for six months. And like he finally got me to break down one time that like I didn't know I needed. And for 15 minutes, I didn't say a single word and I just cried. Like, it was like man to man, like, like I feel like just everyone kind of needs to experience that when, say, you lose someone or say you're trying or you're going through something, like you went through your own breakdown and you kind of realized that you were at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but once I broke down, I kind of realized I was at the bottom and I was just swimming in a pool of water with bricks at my feet that I couldn't come up. But once that happened, like the stones like on my feet just kind of just were gone and I kind of figured out my way up and then like I went back home and I was fine then I came back out here I came here and I was just like kind of hit me again because I was alone again yeah and then then I like found even my freshman year I found ways to like escape you know what I mean? Like, kind of not really cope, but kind of find different things that, like, help with the mental side. Like, I went on drives, went on walks. I started reading. Yeah. Started journaling. And then I get home, still do that, completely fine, come back out here. I'm off that, 
and then I see a difference. And then starting listening to podcasts and starting to, I mean, be happy. Like I figured out a way to be happy. Mm-hmm. Not really like happy, but more so content. And come into the field every day, seeing people, talking to the staff, talking to everybody, just kind of like put me in a mental state where I'm comfortable. Because I don't think you got to be uncomfortable. You got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but now I'm like comfortable in a way like, like I'm okay. Yeah. Like when I, when, when you go through that like period of time where your mental health is just uh, on rock bottom and you figure out ways to come back up, I feel like you can sense it. Like, do you ever have that like feeling like where you can feel like, Oh no. Yeah. Like it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Like, like that sounded really sarcastic, but that's just how it is in my head. Yeah. Like, like, it's like slow. Like you like wake for up some reason one day. No, it's just you like, wake up one day and you're like, uh, oh gosh. no, yeah. Like I had that the other. I had that like the other week. Like I was like, <laughs> it's not happening again, is it? Mm. And then like I found like like the middle ground where I was like, oh, I'm good. Mm. Like I just had to find something in my day, like a positive, and then like I was just like. No, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. But like, I feel like that's where it's not like focused on a lot because, I mean, any day of any week of any year could be, like, the day mm-hmm. that where you just I'm not saying you're gonna do it. Like, like you know what I'm like talking about. Like, not saying you're gonna do it, but you're gonna have thoughts. Yeah. And I feel like being a student athlete and going through the season, like there's a lot of those days. Mm. Like, and just based on performance-wise. Yeah, and well, dude, the thing with performance, man, is like I people will be like, man, like stop chasing the numbers. Like stop putting so much pressure. It's like the reality is, is like as a player, you're just a number unless you put up numbers. You're not wrong. And like if you want to go to the next level, like, there's certain criteria. Like, there's boxes you have to check. You, know what? you can't and, just go out there and play. Like, you have to go out there and, oh, did that. Yeah. Did it, that. Did that. But that's sucks, every but, single day. Yeah. And that's just not on the field. That's mm-hmm. just every time you wake up, you have to check those boxes. Yeah. And, dude, I like the thing about it is we're, we care. And people are like, stop caring about the results. It's like, well, like, I, like it means something to me. And so you just saying you you taking that away from me by saying like the results don't mm-hmm. matter. Like the results will come. Like this will take care of itself. Blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, I get that, but that's hard for me to like process right. Like, like you're just saying stuff that I already know, mm-hmm. but like it does matter to me. And like I care. And like one of the most frustrating things, dude, is when you're struggling, and people are like, oh, just keep grinding through it, or like. It'll all be fine. Like, dude, I am. Keep working. It's like, yes, like, I get that. And, like, that doesn't help me right now. Like, right now, like, it hurts. And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm mad and I'm feeling all these things. And, like, you just saying it'll be okay does nothing for me except for make me more, like, anxious or make me more frustrated. Like, 
like help me mm-hmm. and like i think a lot of times we don't know how to say like okay yes but like what do you see help me then like, like wh- and i think as like outsiders so like say that's you right now i think a lot of times we don't do a good job as teammates of and i'm not saying like our team specifically just like, i'm just saying like in general an overarching just, theme just like checking in people don't check in and be like hey man like i've noticed this about you like let's 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 go out to lunch let's talk or like hey man like we're just a simple hey are you good yeah and like, I, I how's think, your day going hey bro like i'm i, I noticed this and like mm-hmm. i know like that's a little different so like let, like let's walk through this or say like even if it's a performance thing be like hey was like I noticed this about your mechanics, like, it's going to be okay. Now yeah. there's a time and a place. Like, obviously, no, if you yeah. just gave up a three-run home run, you come in, you got to take it out of the game. That's not a place to do it. But we all, we, we become best friends on the field, and we know each mm-hmm. other's tendencies. We know each other's personalities. We know each, what each other are going to do day to day. And that's, like, honestly, without even watching. Yeah. Like, because you're just there. You're just comfortable. You're not, not even a comfortable, like, setting, but you're just there every day, and you're just – like kind of just kind of your eyes are just mm-hmm. there yeah so you're kind of, just, you're just sensing it you're feeling it and you already know yeah like what you're looking for not even what you're looking for but like what you're paying attention to mm-hmm. but speaking about what you just said like checking in and stuff like that i feel like that's where like it's not a fine line but i feel like that's where people like just in general just don't understand is that like when you ask how my day was and I go terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, the conversation doesn't just stop there. No. Like, like I, guess, I feel like, oh, like the conversation should keep going. Yeah. But we're so like wired to say I'm fine mm-hmm. because you feel like the other person just doesn't want to listen. Yeah. That's a good point. I feel that. But there's some people that you know that it will actually listen, but it takes a while to figure out who those people are. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I kind of used to be that person, but now since I went through my own stuff and seen some stuff, now I'm like, dude, you can tell me anything you want. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be a soundboard. I will be mute. I don't really care. Yeah. Just tell me what's going on. Yeah. And I feel like that's where like being here is kind of a blessing. Not that anyone, not that everybody agrees, but when, like when I committed here, they said you aren't just a number. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that still rings true. Yeah. Because I mean, they check in every day. Yeah. They care. Like not really, not necessarily a check in, but like just a like, hey, like a simple conversation. Man. Yeah, like you walk by, like, hey, what's up? Like, open door, like the door's not closed. Yeah. Like, I mean, you walk by, the, you walk by the office every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they're in there, sometimes they're not. But you could just walk in and be like, hey, what's up? Like, I feel like that's more of like a like a so called check in, where like you feel noticed. You feel noticed, like you're not shut out you're not just a player mm-hmm. um i mean then again when it comes to season like you are just a number if you don't put up numbers but well, that's people's where, jobs it's people's but... jobs but that's where the performance base comes in um and you were saying something about 
like putting pressure and on yourself and stuff like that because yeah. the results. And speaking of results, like I feel like, especially like last couple weeks, like it's called like detaching from results. Like I feel like once I figured that out, that like once I go out there, what's done is done. Yeah. Like what's done is done. And I feel like, you know, um, I don't know how to word this. But like I don't care, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I care, but once it's done, it's done. Yeah, like, leave it at the field. That's where I feel like the performance-based mental health for a student athlete. There's there's a line, and once you figure out that line, once you figure out that middle ground of not taking it home with you. Mm-hmm. And leaving it wherever you're at, whatever field you're at, whatever university you're at, whatever sport you play, once you figure that out, you'll be so much better off. Because I remember, like, my senior year, I put so much, my senior year of high school, I put so much pressure on myself. My first two starts, I went 0-2, and it wasn't my fault. Yeah. And I hate to say this, but after – the second loss, I was on my floor crying for no reason. Yeah. Like, who cares? You lost the game. It's a game. Yeah. And that's what I think people don't understand is that it's not just a game, but in reality it is. And I feel like we as student athletes also need to understand that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like life. That's yeah. all we know. And if we suck at life – our who life. are we? Yeah, who are like it's once you realize that your sport's not your identity, you're I feel like and you can detach from your two separate lives yeah. as a person and as an athlete, you'll be so much better off. And me and my dad came in and walked in and he goes, What are you doing? And like I kinda just went, I don't know. And then when I got to college my freshman year, like, I kind of realized that, like, no, he was right. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to pitch. Like, it doesn't matter if I get four runs in one inning. Not My career's not over. Yeah. I mean, you can cry when your career's over. But four runs, four runs. Like, I sucked. Oh, well. Learn from it. Get better. Don't dwell on it. Because once you dwell on it, take it. That's when you end up taking it home. And the problem with that is, like, you take it home, other people are going to be affected. Your relationships are going to be affected. Mm-hmm. Your outlook on the people and your life is going to be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not a way to live. It's tough. I've no. been there. I've, I've really struggled with taking it home and allowing my anger or my frustrations mm-hmm. to come out. And, like, it takes a toll on the people around you, mm-hmm. let alone yourself, which is sad because it's always the people that, care so much about like how much you care about your sport they Mm -hmm. care more about you than you care about your sport and you Mm -hmm. care more about them than you do your sport you know Mm -hmm. um so when you take it home it's just i think it's almost like a kind of humbling in a way once Mm -hmm. you start realizing it it's like wow like 
like, man, I have an impact mm-hmm. bigger than just the field. And like, I have an impact on my friends, my family, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. my, like whoever, my community. Um, and what attaches to that is what you believe, mm-hmm. like the belief system you have when, when you're out and you act a certain way towards people and when you're treating them a certain way, whether it's out of anger from a game, frustration, even joy, happiness, whatever, like people associate with what you put out there for like who you, what you stand for. They start associating those lashes, lashing out those actions, those what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. good or bad with those beliefs. So when you, when you kind of like have a reality check in a way of like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like, I've been treating this person that means this much to me like this. That's tough, dude. And it's, it, it, it's a big, deep breath moment, if that makes sense, where it's like, okay, like, baseball only lasts so long. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't want to be frustrated at it. Yeah. Like, I want to take advantage of every moment. Mm-hmm. I want to be at the field of the boys. I want to be joking up, having a good time. Yeah, if you're too, I feel like if you're too serious, you're just not going to have it. Yeah. A good experience. I mean, I feel like sometimes I check myself and I know that I am, mm-hmm. but like it's only on certain days. And, yeah. and I know you kind of have to figure out when to turn it on and when to turn it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like start days, I feel like you're the only days where I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, I'm good. <laughs> like, even like 15 minutes on the field, like, I'm serious about this. Yeah. I'm serious about this. Like, everything else is just like, oh, well. Well, even moment to moment, dude, like, I'll be out there at the field and we'll be like, when we're throwing the football around, playing mm-hmm. hacky sack before we're over on the side, like, we're joking around, busting mm-hmm. up, having a good time, singing. I'll even like, we go through stretch, joking around, yeah. having a good time. Even like the start of throwing. Yeah. But like, when, when I go out to do my drills, mm-hmm. it's like, boom. And it's, it's like, simply okay, just like, 10 minutes. And there's one, there's like that first time I like, I kind of like make a mark in the turf. And as soon as I put my foot in, I'm like, okay, like get my work in. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the throwing time, like my whole thing is like, I want to be loose and an athlete. It's mm-hmm. so like, then like I'm out there dancing still while we're doing those yeah. throws. But then it's like, we come back in, it's like, draw that line again from my flat ground. As soon as my mm-hmm. foot goes down boom centered and like it's there's one goal there's one thing i'm doing and like that's learning and like growing and competing Mm -hmm. um so i think it's it plays into like who you are like some guys are different some guys have from the moment they step outside the locker room they have to be like cold stone face no joking around and that works for them other guys like they're never serious like the only time they're serious is on the game mound and even then, they may still be a little clumsy out there, but mm-hmm. that's what works for them. And I think you kind of have to find your identity. I feel like what go adding on to what you're saying, like your sport, and like say you're a pitcher like us, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, going home, it's not who I am. Yeah. Like in those three hours, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And speaking of like going home and like taking it home with you, like I don't even talk about baseball. I don't even want to talk about baseball. Like I want to watch it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to talk about it. Like especially like in high school, like 
I brought every game home with me. And me and my dad talked about it for like an hour. But then when I got to college, I'm like, dad, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like, I'll give you the rundown. And now it's like our five minute rule. Like, five minutes to talk about it, it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even ask about it. Like, I'm not going to tell you. Like, you really want to know? Look at the box store. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's what's like, helped me like even when i was home last year like you just sat down five minutes talked about it done yeah or like i we talked in the parking lot and when i got home it was done yeah so at the end of the day it doesn't matter it matters for those three hours and it matters when you're at the field see it's funny because at the field dude like i want to get ripped into no, yeah, like, no, I do, no, like, I do too. Like, like at the field as a pitcher, I like love when if I do something wrong or not even wrong, if I'm not performing up to my standard, please tell me. I want so bad to get ripped into because I respond to that. I don't want to be caught. Like if you're, if you, if I'm out in a classroom or something or at mm-hmm. home and you try to do that to me, I'll lose my mind and I won't pay attention. I want to so lose my mind. Like, I just won't even talk to you. I like, that. dude, too. It's. Like my personality of the field and like off the field can be very different in the ways I one like learn, the ways I listen. Mm-hmm. It's just it's wild, man. We're just different people. Yeah. I mean I feel like this is why we're here. I feel like now that like wanting to do this and doing this now, I feel like this is like an out now to where if I wanted to talk about it, I could talk about mm-hmm. it. Still don't want to, but I feel like I could. Yeah. And there's certain people where, like, I'll talk about the game with you. Or I'll talk about my outing with you. Or I'll talk about your outing. I don't care. Yeah. But, like, there's certain people where, like, I'm okay. Like, I'll talk about it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But when someone that I don't want to talk about it with asks me, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I feel like that's just a double standard, though. Um, and I feel like that's what, again, people who don't play the sport don't get. Like, yeah. And it's always the people that don't play sports. How'd you do? Thanks for asking, but I'm not telling you. Yeah. Or okay. it's like, all right. I did all right. Yeah. And then I always go, all right, bad, or like, all right, good. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I gave up five earned runs with mm-hmm. eight hits and, and then one now that's where you're like, Damn. and then, then you get in your own head and then you're thinking about it again, which is no fault of theirs. Like, that's not no. what we're saying at all. No. It's just an observation of our reality mm-hmm. and like our thoughts. And speaking of reality, like, When I see when I go on Twitter and when I go on social media and see all these media outlets and stuff like that, like ripping into human beings, mm-hmm. this is a whole mental health standpoint too. Like they're ripping into their live livelihood and they didn't even they haven't even touched a field, a court, a ball for a single second in their entire life. And they're trying to nitpick. Yeah. Like, 
okay, oh well. Guy gave up three home runs in the World Series. For human. Like, can't be perfect every time. Yeah. Like, you're not always, I don't know. And, you you're know, not, I'm all, glad. you're not always Clayton Kershaw or Justin Verlander or. Well, even those guys, or, dude. Like, no, hey. but you're not, you're not a Hall of Famer every time yeah. you go out and pitch. I mean, I know sure as heck I'm not. Mm-hmm. I want to be, but I know I'm not every time. Yeah. And I feel like that's what some people like. You, they're, they're held to such a high expectation that if they don't meet it every single day, then, oh, he's not working hard enough. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't care. It only gets. Oh, he's complaining. More oh, there's the something going on in the locker room. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't like his coach. Oh, his relationship isn't going well. Maybe those all are true, but they blow, people blow it out of proportion and don't really know the real reason of what's happening. Maybe the guy just had a bad day. But, dude, like, dude, it's a game. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. Like, sometimes you just lose feel for stuff. Sometimes you're just in a rut. Sometimes, like, you have stressors and anxieties that no one else knows about. And that you can't even, like, shake when you go out and play mm-hmm. because they're that, like, inside of you, that on your mind. Yeah, so you're you're told to clear your mind. You're told to leave your other life at the field and – or not – no, like, leave your other life at home. Yeah. And – Bring your other life to the field. Like sometimes it's just not happening. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, and I feel like that's where the check-in comes into play. Mm-hmm. Like walk in the locker room, like, like, like even in our locker room, I can tell, like, if you're going through it, mm-hmm. or if you're just having a bad day, or if you just don't want to be there. Like everybody has those days, but I feel like that's like. Just not in our locker room, but like not saying that like it needs to happen, like not saying that we're not good at it, but like just like in any capacity in any sport, I feel like they're I feel like the check ins, the not necessarily looking out for each other, but like yeah, you look after your buddy when you go out, but like looking after your buddy like mentally. Yeah. I feel like that standpoint is very lacked on. I feel like that needs to be talked about more because some of this stuff wouldn't happen yeah. if that if it just takes one person to save a life. Yeah. Well, dude, and I mean, even you talk about the check-ins. Or performance. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about the check-ins. Like, dude, my – throughout college, I've lost my grandfather my freshman year mm-hmm. right before the season. I lost my cousin's uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. I've lost a kid I grew up with going to Boy Scouts. Yes, I was a Boy Scout. Don't don't hate on me. It's not funny. Respect for that though. Um, but I lost him to suicide. Both of those were in the middle of the season last year. No, I missed. I've missed four family member funerals in college. None of my teammates have ever known. None of my coaches have ever known. I've never said anything. I've missed five weddings of family members in college. I've never asked once to go because 
my life and my expectations of baseball. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I've kind of always joked around. I was like, man, like when I get married, no one's going to go to my wedding, which mm-hmm. I know isn't true. Yeah. But like, I'll be there. And like, thank you, Oz. <laughs> but like, and like, I'm not asking for a pity party. Like, I could have definitely no. like gone to those things if like, but the thing about it is like, like I not once did anyone, not any fault of their own, notice mm-hmm. or know that I was going through that stuff. And part of me is like, I feel I'll, like you hit it very well. Like I'll mask it. Mm-hmm. Like I've gone through things, and like no one will ever know because I can mask stuff very easily, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a it's kind thing of a I need to work wall. on. Like I need to work on that. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, shoot, dude. Like if you look at my performance on the field last year. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the season, one family member death. Numbers are bad. Six you straight outings, can, to you zeros. Can just see it. And then last three outings, lost the friend. Last three outings are really bad. I feel like you can just like, not even like in actions, and not even in like, like how you carry yourself. But I feel like it just like in your like in any athlete's performance, you can kind of see. Mm-hmm. Like oh that stretch he was doing well. If the, this stretch something this uh, there's this stretch something signs. there's always signs something have had to happen, and that's where that's what the media focuses on. Mm-hmm. But they get it all wrong, mm-hmm. and that's what other people focus on, and outsiders focus on, but they don't know why you're sucking. Life is hard, man. Like life is life is really hard. Tough. The game is hard. I mean, we learned that the other day, like. At our first pitch dinner with Mike Schilt. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mom and dad, game's hard. Yeah, Susan, the game's hard. <laughs> yeah, Coach Miller, the game's hard. But outsiders don't know. Yeah. They think it's so easy until they do it. Yeah. And it's just wild how easy and glamorous they think our lives are because we play a sport. Yeah. Well, I guess moral of the story and like all this conversation is just check in on your friends, yeah. check in on your love because it, it never hurts to love on people Mm-mm. ever. And I think in, in the locker room alone is a perfect example. Like, I'll just take freshmen. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I, like, as an upperclassman, it is your duty, mm-hmm. knowing what you've been through, to love on those freshmen because you know how hard it is transitioning into college. Oh, you do. Like, whether you're a bench guy that's a senior, whether you're a guy that's never going to touch the field, and you're talking to a freshman who's going to play every day, does not matter. It doesn't matter if you're the star player as an upperclassman who's going to get drafted in the first round. And you're talking to a freshman who's on the verge of getting cut. It doesn't matter what position you're in on the depth chart. You're human. mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what I think people our age don't understand. Well, even like outside of sports, man, like your classmates. I, you know, it's funny. Like I was, you're totally right. Like keep going on this topic. Like you're like, I want to get into this. Like I was, I was sitting in class the other day. And this guy walks in, never, like, we've never had a conversation. You, you, but you, you rarely could just ever tell, do. man. And I was like, 
And I felt awful because I could tell something was wrong and like didn't say anything. And like I wish I had because like I could tell. But then come then I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about like, man, like man, like I can't even like pick up this cute girl that sits beside me in class and like well like see her more than as like a cute girl. Like Ask her better like, day. Like she's probably battling stuff that none of us will ever know. She's probably going through things that she can mask really easily. I feel like everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in the in society nowadays, you're scared to speak up and speak out mm-hmm. because you're afraid to get judged. For what you're feeling mentally, and you're afraid to be judged on just anything about your life because social media is a thing. Mm-hmm. Not not hating on social media, but like once you speak up about it, it's out there forever. Yeah. And then here goes the grapevine of, oh my God, Sally's gonna kill herself, mm-hmm. or oh my God, Sally's gonna do this, Sally thinks this, Sally thinks that, like, your name's Sally, I didn't mean that, but, um, <laughs> but you know, but, Jane Doe, Jane Doe, there but we go. you know what I mean, like, nobody wants to talk about how they are to other people because they're afraid of being judged, I, it, and judgment's we, a big, big thing right now. We live in a society where we're trying to make it seem like we're okay with people's imperfections. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, individually, we're scared of our own imperfections. Mm-hmm. We're scared of other people's imperfections, mm-hmm. which is really sad because we all have struggles. We all have, we all get punched in the face by life. Mm-hmm. And, but we have these expectations of others, of ourselves. The reality is, like, if you would stop, People love to be cared about. Mm-hmm. If you would stop and take one minute every day, you could make a big difference. And it could even make a big difference on yourself. Mm-hmm. I think for me, an example like I'd like to use is like my faith. So I used to get so nervous about talking about it. Like I used to be like, they're going to judge me. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. The reality is, is like when you like genuinely believe something and like genuinely love on people, like people take notice. And one of my favorite lines is people don't need you to preach a sermon. They need you to live one. And when you live it, they can relate to that. Like that's something that I've tried to incorporate, incorporate into my life is like, if I just love on you and like care about you. You're going to notice a difference. I'm going to notice a difference in you and you're going to notice a difference in me. Mm-hmm. And then like, let's go from there, you know? And like, whether it's baseball, whether it's class, whether it's your hopes and dreams, whether it's depression that's killing you right now. Like, mm-hmm. let's just talk about this. Like, let's go after it. Like, I want to I grow deeper in you. Mm-hmm. I care. I don't even know you, but I want to I, I, like, I get to know you. I think we're losing a lot of that. And you know where, speaking of losing a lot of that, you know where I think we're losing it. And not just like, we're going to, take away the athletic side Mm -hmm. i think we're losing it in the social aspect of things sometimes the front aspect but i think the 
big picture is the relationship aspect. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to hear about another person's day. Yeah, very selfish. Very, I won't even say selfish, very inward looking. Yeah, and I feel like that's where, like in college, it's difficult, especially like this time of life, like 18 to 24. Yeah. Like they say they want it until they get it. And then when they get the real you, mm-hmm. they run away. Yeah. But there's some people in life that don't run away. And those are the people that you need to keep. Yeah. If you know what I mean. It, you can notice a difference in those people. No, like can. those people that want your flaws, your scars, your everything, your dreams, your nightmares, all that stuff. Like you can tell a difference in those people. No, you can. And I feel like sometimes you like on the other side of it, I do this a lot where I don't realize that they want it. Mm-hmm. Like that they want me for me as much as I want them for them. And that's where I feel like I get in trouble and say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Because I have a trouble time realizing it. Yeah. Because that's like how I feel. Yeah. And I feel like that's where that just where I need to move past it because I'm like, no, you don't, you're just saying that. Like you, you don't want, you you don't want, you don't want this. Yeah. You don't want to deal with that. Like, I mean, I don't even want to deal with that. But I feel like as a person, as a, and as a human and as a man, I feel like I, like just any like man, any human, like, needs to understand that like they matter yeah like even women they matter and sometimes you don't realize you matter as much as you do yeah to people you that care about you and i feel like that's where the flaws come in and your insecurities come in and you know what i mean yeah and dude i like Reed just shouted you out on our group me, by the way. What, um, what did Reed say? I can't say. Um, I'll find out about later. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I went on the side track. You, you just check it. <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. What, what were you even, what were you saying? About your insecurities and your flaws and like you. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, one thing that I have really, really, really tried recently is just saying I love you. And like, it's funny. John, my buddy John was in mm-hmm. here. And as he was leaving, I was like, all right, I love you, man. And like, I've been doing it with all my friends when I hang up on the phone. And guys never say I love you to each other. If you ever notice that. I, so Gracie. She girls always give each other presents on their birthday. Oh, the comment section always. is just filled. Always. And I and guys I, never, and I don't cringe at it yeah. because I want the same thing. Guys never give each other birthday presents. 
if you've ever noticed. Like, I don't know when the last time one of my buddies has ever given me a present. I don't know when the last time I've given any of my buddies a present. Like, other than, like, little things. But, like, and I think it's, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it, blown up. But, it, like, something as simple as, like, saying I love you to someone mm-hmm. can change their day. It can change their, like, like, I'll be weird about it too, dude. Like, mm-hmm. random people that are in the locker room or something, we might not even be close buddies because the reality is, is there's a lot of us in the locker room. I'm closer with some guys than others. Mm-hmm. But when I see them and I leave, I'll just be like, hey, man, love you. And they kind of like, what? Yeah, love like, you that's too, okay. Bro. Like, love you too, bro. Like, yeah. I don't love you like that. I just love you, man. Yeah, like I love who you are. I love that I get to be here with you. Like I love you for who you are, and I want to let you know that like I see yeah. you. I feel like those three words scare people, mm. drive people away. I don't or think you can get weirded out, dude. People always say like, "I love you" is the most overused thing. I think it's underused, man. Oh, it's very. Like, underused. I think it's that... an un- I feel like it's it's underrated. It's fair. Underused and underrated. And- Nobody uses it as much as they should. Mm-hmm. Like if I if if I could say it all the time, I would. But to certain people, I know it can't. Yeah. And like, it's gonna scare them away. Yeah. But like, I could say I love you, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just love you, man. Yeah. Or I love you to the girl. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like relationship. Like speaking about relationships. Like if you say I love you, like. They just are like, whoa, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, not like that. Like, maybe someday. But, like, I can't just, like, love you for you. Like, love you for who you yeah. are. Like, there's a difference between that and I love you. Yeah. Like, there's a bigger, it doesn't mean, like, I'll, when I say I love you to my girlfriend, yeah. that's a lot different than when I say, hey, man, love you. Yeah. Because I would, like, I would die for her. And I would do anything for her. Not to say I wouldn't do anything for you. Yeah. It's just no, it's different. just different. Like, but like when I say love you, like I'm saying like I care about you. Yeah. And like I like I hope you know that like I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell you, hey, Waz, man, like I love you. Like I'm here. I'm for you all the time. Reed, stop texting the group chat right now, dude. Like it's we're in the middle of something, stop. but it's very interesting, and I can't answer that right now. Same with Brayden. I want to say it what was said but this can't can't we're trying we're a child's youtube channel (laughs) so we we can't do that um we're in a serious conversation i can't laugh but like even with this conversation i think like we've kind of hit a lot of points that we didn't even plan to no but i know you had a big thing that you wanted to say so why don't you get hitting that up okay I'll, i'll start off um so with the season coming up in a few days and just based on the topic we talked about of just the whole entire mental health thing, um, I've been in the works with AFSP, which is American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And, I mean, you had a, you had a couple of buddies. I had a friend that did it. Um, so I didn't think about doing – I thought about doing this for a while and – I want to say it again, but I can't. Um, but my buddy, Paul Skeens at LSU, he posted his campaign with Fields of Honor. 
Um, that's like a military type thing where they pay for um, widows and kids scholarships and stuff like that. Um, but with my conversation with on the different side of things with the American Fam Foundation for Suicide Prevention is that I'm pledging this year um, $5 for every strikeout. I'm going to match that. Um, and I feel like that's such like a big, big thing for me because we talked about earlier in the car as we were coming here. Um, there's a difference between playing towards something and playing for something. Mm -hmm. And like this campaign is called 31 World Strikeout Suicide. And I'm number 31 this year. And my best friend, who was my high school teammate, um, was number 31 in high school. So I feel like like that campaign name, me and my, our buddy wrote a song about it. Um, so that campaign name like, kind of sits heavy with me. And I feel like that's just, just some way I can give back to spread awareness to something that I'm an advocate for and something that's not talked about a lot like we were talking about. And, you know, if anybody who's listening, um, it's going to be on my Instagram. Um, when this drops, um, it's going to be on my Twitter. So if you want to do something good and maybe donate a few bucks to the cause, to the campaign, um, to spread awareness about mental health and what it really means. And I mean, every donation saves a life. So that's what we're here for at the end of the day. I mean, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that was a big announcement. Um, wasn't really big, but this just was something I felt that was important Yeah, for everyone to kind of hear. Which is awesome, dude. I'm, so, I'm excited to watch it. I'm super, I'm super excited. Like, I'm going to go and make a donation. Mm -hmm. um, shoot, maybe I'll even start a fund on my own page. Who knows? But uh, I, I just want to say that that's awesome and mm -hmm. really exciting. Because um, I think it's something that everyone can relate to one way or another. In, mm -hmm. Either directly or indirectly, we've all been affected. Um, so this is really cool. Really awesome. Dude. I mean, mental health matters. Saving a life matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just something small. Thank you. But it's everything. Like, it's, everything adds up. We, I think in life, we all live a bigger purpose. And I feel like this is one of mine. Mm -hmm. Everybody has different purposes in their life. There's a few. There's three or four in your life that you, that you don't know until you come across. And I feel like this is one of them. You've been given a platform and you've been given the opportunity to do something that mm -hmm. will positively, positively impact a lot mm -hmm. of people. And I think at the end of the day, athlete, non-athlete, we're all called for something higher. Like mm -hmm. there, there's something that um, we have the ability to transform with our lives. Um, and if we can positively impact as many people as possible in our lives, then it's all about, man. Mm -hmm. Then we did something right. 
Yeah. Or the, the people around us did something right. Yeah. You know, I'm glad we had, I'm glad we talked about this. For me, it was much needed. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like for the people listening, I feel like it gives them a better insight of what, like what our reality is. Yeah. And how to navigate that reality. I mean, pretty deep conversation here. But I think it was, I mean, that's that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Anything can be talked about. But I feel like going into the season, like, I mean, we got lax starting season up. We got, I mean, everybody's across country starting season up. Golf, track, cross country, all these sports. I feel like this is just needs to be prevalent no matter how small the the count is no matter how small the channel is, no how, no matter how. But when it hits the right person, that's when it can expand. Being in fact one life, you did something, mm-hmm. and I, I guess with all this, um, if you're still watching, if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, means a lot. Uh, we're just happy to be able to talk with one another have these conversations Mm -hmm. um and hopefully say something that will stick with you and that you can pass on to someone else uh if you liked it or you think somebody else should hear it definitely subscribe follow post on your story post on your instagram do whatever get the word out um because i mean shoot we'll be here every week whether we know we know whether we want it or not. Or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. If we can figure it happen. out. Um, so, yeah. And I think next week we're going to have a guest on. We're going to have a guest on. We're going to yeah. kind of change up topics. We're going to switch those up. We're going to make um, it fun. Hopefully. We like being fun too. And I think in the near future we could take this on the road. Yes. One, one of our goals is. Um, to be able to do this when we go out to California, mm-hmm. when we go to Louisiana, when we go to Arizona. Uh, so we're, we're trying to get a better setup. It takes time. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation towards that, hit us up. Um, we'll leave uh, our contact information down below. Um, we'll leave the link to his um, donations. Yeah, the link will be below. The link will be in my Instagram bio. It'll be in my Twitter. It'll be in the in the comment section of the, of the, of this video. Um, but whatever you, whether you want to support it or not, it's up to you. But at the end of the day, even if you talk about it to somebody, or even if you follow it, I don't really care. Like I care, but it's up to you and it's, it's your choice. So you do what you want with it. Um, but I know I'm all in. Jack, thank you for FaceTiming us right now. We're going to wrap this up. So um, thank you all for watching and listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. So hopefully with a series sweep, but we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. All right. See you guys next week.